Hello, everyone. We're back for another episode. What's up? Another one, David. You keep coming back for more. Just keep, you know, it's just a glutton for punishment, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty much what I was going to say. 100%. Um, so, David, today we're going to talk about the rule changes of baseball and what we think about them. Uh, okay, we'll cover it. We'll cover it. I'm not, not enjoying it, but we'll cover it. <laughs> so I'm going to save my least favorite for the end, though. So let's well, start. Well, I did that, that we would have a podcast. Well, <laughs> you think you're funny, huh? Okay. I know I am. But go ahead. Continue. So I'm going to save my least favorite rule for the end, um, but kind of let me go through what the rules are, and then we'll talk about them uh, after we're done with the list. But I want to save... The one I hate the most for the end. Um, so first off, the first rule change is change of time. Managers now only have 20 seconds to decide to challenge a play instead of 30 seconds. The injured list and option periods. Pitchers and two-way players are returning to a 15-day injured list. Um, that's once they're placed on the IL. They can't be reinstated for 15 days. Uh, let's see. There's the 20... Or Then we have... The roster limits. Rosters have now been expanded to a 25-man roster. Um, 26. Or, yeah, to a 26-man roster. My bad. Uh, yeah, so rosters have been expanded to a 26-man roster. Um, there are smaller rosters in September, which means that there will no longer be a 40-man. They are opening up to all 40 players. It's now 28 players with a max of 14 pitchers. Um, there's a two-way player de designation, so for someone who both hits and pitches. Position players pitching are allowed if only only if a game goes into extra innings. And there's a 27th, the 27th man. Um, what used to be the 26th man is now the 27th man. So those aren't terrible. Some of them are terrible, but some of them aren't. And then the one that I hate is the three batter minimum. But we will get into that. So David... What do you think about some of the 2020 changes to the rules okay. of baseball? Start with, start with rule one, uh, where it goes from 30 seconds to 20 seconds, because that's really going to shorten up game times, so let me tell you. <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, hold on. Before we get into that. Go ahead. So these rules have been instated. So these rules have been instated because they want to try to shorten the game of baseball. Now you can talk. Okay, wonderful. Um, so, yes, they are being implemented because Commissioner Manfred believes this is going to be the best way to shorten games to involve more generations of baseball fans. I'm pretty sure when someone comes to a baseball game, they are not going to be pissed if it runs two hours and 45 minutes or three hours and one minute. I'm pretty sure there is not going to be a big discrepancy on whether they watch it or not. Because once a ticket is bought and a butt is in a seat, that is covered. It is taken care of. No big deal. So I don't Same think he's worried so much. On TV. There it is. That's what it is. Well, you know, that's part of it. But guess what? They already bought the TV package. So, you know, if you're really worrying about viewers, you know, tuning in, you know, it could, I mean, they could treat it like the NBA and the only thing that's important is the fourth quarter. You know, we couldn't treat it like that. No, but in all honesty, like you talk about 
trying to shorten up games, you know, pitch clocks and, and all this other stuff. The problem is the fact of the replay. And I know that I have benefited from the replay. I have, um, I've been, you know, hurt by the replay. So it really doesn't matter. Like it's one of those things where this game is so much of human error that umpires should be allowed that too. Like, you know, if I throw a pitch down the middle and I'm not meaning to throw it there, I don't get to go back and reverse that pitch. Yeah, I, just like an umpire can go and reverse a call because he gets it wrong. So there has to be some sort of human element to this. And I know fans get entertained by the managers going out and the arguments, the Bobby Coxes of the world, the Lou Pinellas that would go out there, argue, state their case, get run out of the game. Next thing you know, like the crowd's into it. They think it's fantastic. People get excited because there's a little bit of confrontation. Now, because of this whole um, – you know, implementation of the replay that has taken that part of the game out. You know, managers trying to argue about a strike zone or talk about a play that was made, whether it be a bang bang play at first or at third or wherever it's at. You know, that has really taken away from the game the enjoyment of it. Number one, and number two, it has tacked on more time to the gameplay because you allow for times for uh, instant replays and all that type of stuff. And so that's one of the things I really feel they have not taken enough time to really look into. They keep trying to say, oh, we want to we clean up the game. We want to do a better job of it. These umpires, I know we give them a lot of crap. We really point out the times that they do miss calls. But I would say with a very, very um, – these guys are very, very good. You know, to be able to watch a pitch – you know, from very, very close range, it's coming in at 100 miles an hour, and with a very high percentage um, of being correct, call it the correct way, whether it be a ball or a strike or a bang-bang play at one of the bases. They're able to see and listen and make the correct call. They are right a high percentage of the time. So that's one of the things I really want to give them credit, even though that you know we don't give them enough. You know, they do mess up some of them. But, you know, I digress. You know, that's one of the things that I really feel – needs to be taken care of. But, again, wonderful. We shaved off 10 seconds of the man just walking out and telling the umpire they want to challenge the call. Proceed, Ashley. Go ahead. So I personally don't have any problem with this issue, give or take, whatever. I feel like it's not that big of a deal. Um, 30 seconds, yeah, that gives you 10 more seconds to really think about it. But at the same time, a lot of people make their decision in the first 5 to 10. So that, to me, isn't that big of a problem whatever. I think the the big thing is here that these rules are being set in place to make the game quicker. And I think if you're a real baseball fan, it doesn't matter whether the game runs two hours and 45 minutes, like you said, or three hours or four hours or however long it is. Because a lot of the time, the thing that I like about baseball, and it's kind of similar to football, is I like the fact that I do not have to pay attention the entire time. And that might not be great for all of you, but for me, it's perfect because I can sit in my office or I can sit at home and work and do what I need to do, and I really don't miss a ton. In baseball, quite like football, football is a a three-and-a-half-hour game usually. That's the national average for a football game. And in that three, and they're not trying to speed up the game by any means or do anything else with their game. 
but it still runs for three to three and a half hours. And the total amount of time that there is actual game going on is anywhere from 20 to 27 minutes and three and a half hours. And yet it is the largest grossing entity of all of the sports in America. Wow. But we're trying to fix baseball. You know how baseball has 19 minutes of actual playing time. I think it's either 19 or 21, somewhere around there. Like it runs from 19 to 21 minutes of actual, the ball is moving. So if football's not having a problem and you think baseball is, hmm, maybe go with football's, football's approach to things. Like, have we thought it, we might, maybe that's a good idea where we start doing more in-game stuff and granted they do that, but you're starting to do more in-game stuff and you're doing more interactive ads where you don't actually leave the game versus trying to change the rules of it because changing the rules is absolutely asinine in my book. Um, so the injured list and option periods, um, let's see. What did it say about the option periods? I didn't see that one. Well, the injured list will cover that one where they changed uh, from pitchers and two-way players back to 15-day um, injured list stints. That's okay. one of the things I really feel that teams were taking advantage of it only being 10 days for everyone. Um, and they were actually giving certain, certain pitchers like two gay, two like if it was a starter, it would give them roughly about two days off or two starts off and allow them to kind of recover a little bit more and then get right back into the flow of things. So I believe that some of the teams were using that as a benefit more than an actual injury type thing to the player. Whereas what a lot of people don't realize when you have players who are dealing um, with organizations that are basically coming up to them and saying, Hey, you're going to go on the DL for this quote unquote phantom injury so that we can get another guy up here to throw a couple times and give you a little bit more of a rest to have you fresh for later on in the year. Most players are going to say, okay, but in the long run, if they're going through arbitration or they're getting ready to go into free agency, the teams will actually use that against them in arbitration uh, to say, well, you didn't have a full season here. You aren't healthy the full year, even though it is well known that they were asked to do it. So that's kind of a double-edged sword where if you're a player and you're trying to help yourself out with the team, you do take that and and use it. Or you can say, no, I'm I'm not agreeing to do that, you know, because of an arbitration process. So it it can be harmful either way. And I think going back to the 15-day DL will really kind of mitigate some of that stuff. There's uh, There's a second part to this rule that I didn't see until now, David. It says, additionally, pitchers who are optioned to the minor leagues now have to remain there for 15 days rather than 10. The option period for position players is still 10 days. Again, you know, it's another one of those things where arms are more important than bats. Yeah, and I'm saying that because I'm a pitcher. (laughs) Um, But but it's one of those things that they're trying to, you know, make clubs more aware of – requests they're making for guys you know sending guys down optioning them and knowing that they're not going to be able to get them back within a quick 10-day period because that was one of the things that that we would deal with as players 
you would get sent down. The manager would bring you in. Hey, we got to send you down. We're going to bring you right back up as soon as those 10 days are over. And, you you know, it was no big deal. He said, okay, I'll, I'll just make sure I'm ready. Now with an additional five days tacked onto that, you know, it's going to really start forcing a lot of GM's hands on who they're willing to send down and who they're not. I think for guys too, that's one of those, this is one of those things where you're not going to be as willing to, Hey, if somebody says, Oh, Hey, are you okay with this? Well, no, I'm not okay with it. Like I'm not getting paid or I'm not getting paid what I should be getting paid. If you send me down. Um, and I mean, granted, I think it's still this, I think it's still the same rules for if somebody gets hurt, you're allowed to be called back up, even if it's been a day or two. Um, cause it doesn't, I don't see anything on that exact rule. So at least you have the chance of going back up, but still, um, for somebody who knows a lot of minor leaguers, I can see, and I've spoken to some of them and they're not okay with that rule, um, that it's a 15 day versus a 10 day for them at least. Right. And that's one of the other things too, when you're having to deal with extended period of time in the minor leagues, like you said, you're not getting paid the major league minimum or whatever the amount is that you're getting paid when you get sent down to to AAA, AA, wherever it is they're sending you. So that's taking money out of your pocket that you could possibly be making, and that's an additional five days that you have to worry about being in getting minor league pay. So, yeah, that's it's another one of those things where, you know, there there's uh, rules being pushed for certain reasons. Um, sometimes we are not privy to all that information. Uh, sometimes we are also not um, – we are told not to really comment on some of these things so that we, uh, we remain strong as a union. So I will say that and kind of leave it, you know, very blankly or blandly at that. I can't really, can't really expand on a whole lot of stuff sometimes. That's okay. I can from my point of view. Okay. That has nothing to do with David. No, I'm just, I don't, I don't have anything on this. I was just saying, if you, if you can't talk about it, I'll sure as heck voice my opinion for you. Of course, you're spoken like a true soccer player. Very good. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> um, okay, so so since we since we discussed about pay, uh, I think this will be one that you probably have a lot to say about. Um, I do too, but it's the fact that the um, roster has now been expanded to 26 men for the entire season, but in September it is only expanded to 28. Um, like I said, as someone who knows quite a bit of minor leaguers, I see this becoming an issue in the long run. Yes, you got one, you've got one more player through the season, but in September when things get rough um, and guys are hurt and needing rest to get ready for playoffs and whatnot, and to those other players who um, need or who are getting their like some guys get their MLB debut and all that kind of stuff during September. Um, as someone who knows people who rely on that paycheck, who um, work their butts off all year to try to make the 25-man roster slash 40-man roster, then to be told that there is no longer the opportunity to get called up to the big leagues in, in September, um, I, I see that becoming a problem, and I see that being really wrong, to be honest. I know not every guy gets to play in September, but it's the fact that you, you pay these guys like dogs all year. And then all of a sudden they get the opportunity during September. And a lot of those players rely on that to be their money for the next year. And now you're completely taking that off the table and saying, we're only going to let 28 guys on it. 
we're only going to let 28 guys because we've given you a guy we've given you one extra guy all year i think that's kind of wrong personally well i've been on teams that have brought up the entire 40 man roster i've been on teams that have brought up one or two guys so with most playoff teams they aren't going to bring up a bunch of guys and really kind of clog up the clubhouse because they've got a really, really good thing going. Um, instead of bringing more people into the fold and trying to, you know, divvy up playing time, they want to keep those guys on a roll. So they're not really going to, you know, be calling up a bunch of teams or a bunch of guys. So this kind of caters more to some of the playoff teams. Um, now, when you have some of the other teams that are in a rebuild process that have brought guys up, um, that would like to possibly see um, a number of their younger prospects or a couple guys that they're uh, borderline trying to decide if they're going to keep them for the following year on the 40-man, um, this definitely kind of hurts them. It hurts their chances of really getting to see what they have down in the, in the minor league levels and how they would do at the big league level. So, um, you know, I can understand the uh, – the dislike of this going from the 40 man, uh, a possible 40 men on a roster to 28 when comes September. Um, but I could also see some teams working their way around this. Um, you know, if it's a team that is rebuilding and they have some older guys on there that they're not going to give as many at best to, or not having pitch as many innings, I could see him throwing them, you know, on a, a 10-day DL stint or a 15-day or something of that nature and then trying to fill in guys, bring them up because certain people are on the on the DL. They they could try to manipulate it that way. So there, there are different ways to try and get around it. I think this is just one of those ways that they're trying to limit the amount of guys that come up for service time. Like you were saying, the, the paychecks in September for some guys are very, very important. Um, because we're talking about a substantial amount of money, you know, within a month, a guy can make 50 grand, which is humongous for a lot of these guys for 99% of them. That is huge. That's what I make. Um, That's what I make in a year almost. Right. Yeah. And and for this can be, you know, the difference in being able to get themselves ready for the next year, train well, eat well, or they're having to work um, a nine to five and then get in a couple hours of training after that. Um, just to be able to survive. So I think this is really going to kind of take a toll on some of those guys. But hopefully, you know, we're able to work this out, maybe adjust that with the new CBA coming up. Um, So we'll see how it goes. So if this rule was in place last year, the Minnesota Twins probably would have never brought up Randy Dobinak. Randy Dobinak is now in the running to be in the rotation for the 2020 season. Um he just balled out in September. He was an indie league sign. He never would have gotten through the ranks if a couple of guys didn't have really crappy seasons. And then Randy Davinak comes up. Granted, he had a piss poor performance in um, the playoffs, but he balled out at the end of the twin season. And they were they were a team that was going to the playoffs regardless. Um. So for me, I look at this and like I said. One, it doesn't help anybody when it comes to getting paid. Um, these players don't get paid enough as it is. Granted, if you're on the 40-man, you make more than you would not on the 40-man. Um, but a lot of it is for those teams who 
who those guys never those those players who just end up having really good seasons and end up getting put on the 40 man last minute and go get to get that little bit of a taste of cup or that little bit of a cup of coffee and then they're able to support their family for the next year um and to me as somebody it's you're trying to manipulate service time so much that you're hurting so many more players in the long run so you're gonna end up saving okay you might save 28 so that's 12 12 times 50 that's 100 no 12 what's 12, what's 12 times 50 david oh come on help me out here it's been a long day okay 12 times 50 okay Hold on. I'm going to look at 600. So you save $600,000. Okay. That's a penny. That's literally a drop in the, and that's literally a penny when it comes down to it in major league baseball. That's really not that much money when it comes down to it. And granted it saves a lot of some guys arbitration. It makes them not arbitration eligible and whatever else at a, at a certain amount at a certain time. But does it really save you that much money in the long run for those team for those players? And yes, it might help teams who are playoff ready and they don't have to worry about bringing up other guys or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, like other teams can work around it different ways. But should they have to? Really and truly, like should they have to? I don't think that they should. Um, I think that every player, like all the players in the 40 man should get an opportunity at some point in time, like granted, yes, they're, because they're on the 40 man, they're getting an opportunity. But I think when September comes, like some people, some people just, that's when they make or break it. And to take that opportunity away from some of those players and to take those financial, st- take that financial stability away, stability away from some of those players, I think that's wrong. Well, I don't want to explain this to everybody too, like the 40 man roster if you is your first year on the 40 man, you're making roughly about 35,000. I think is what it is uh, now. It's roughly 35,000 that you'll make during the period of the year um, that you're playing. Um, your second year on the 40 man, it basically doubles, I believe, if I remember correctly. It's been a little while since I've had to deal with some of that. But if I remember correctly, it normally doubles. So I think it bumps up to 70 your second year on there, which is a good amount of money. Like got you people can make a living on both of those numbers. Um, but up until that point, these guys are making well below minimum wage, well below it. And so it's, the biggest thing is as a player, you got to find your, you know, fight your way to get onto the 40 man roster. And then like we were just speaking of, you know, one big month can really set you up going into the following year on how you can train, how you can, you know, set yourself up for the next off season whether it be with rent, with um, with training, with eating, with all the type of stuff to prepare for the next spring training and go in and try to fight for a major league job. You know, that can really be a, a big, big boost for guys. I mean, it can not only set you up for, for that season, it can set you up for, for the next couple of seasons. And granted, mm-hmm. some, some people have their wife who works and whatnot, and she helps out with what it is. But a lot of people, because they want to be with their be with their husbands, be with their significant others, like they don't have that double income coming in. I mean, most people do, but there's some there's some um, there's some people in the baseball world that they only have the one income, and to my computer just died. Great, um, and to have that person, you know, 
you you feel you know that check's coming you're not worried about it but then all of a sudden now you're like okay that check might not be coming so we might have to figure out another way to do this to make this work mm-hmm. for for you to be able to accomplish to for you to be able to reach your dreams so i feel like you're going to see a lot more families in the minor leagues not being able to be with each other because of it um and and a lot of other repercussions that come with that as well uh for the player i know that the that these rules are a lot of the time for the um for the organization but i think these are going to end up affecting the players and i don't and and for me i've always felt like this and i don't get why my baseball isn't on with it yet um if you value your investment your investment will come back to you tenfold so if you value every single one of your minor league players, some like they're going to start feeling valued. They're going to be more willing to go take appearances for your to take appearances for your minor league affiliates because they don't want to right now because that's not who pays them. They're going to want to, you know, keep working their butt like they already worked their butt off for you enough as it is. They're going to want to do it and they're willingly going to be able like they're willingly going to be able to do it because they can afford it. I mean, this comes back to like paying minor league players, like we talked about in an episode, an episode before now. But um, like, I think this is so much more than a rule change. Um, you know, you're trying to manipulate, you're trying to manipulate players' um, service time. You know what? First off, like Chris, that whole Chris, remember when Chris Bryant was getting was supposed to get called up to the big leagues, and they waited that month so he wouldn't, so he wouldn't accumulate his service time. A whole load of crap. Be a super two. Uh, yeah to be a super two yeah it's just a whole load of crap sometimes like it's one of those things and you might not agree with me but it's baseball manipulating it so where they don't have to they don't have to pay their players like they deserve I mean I think that there's a whole other topic and a whole nother conversation that needs to happen with this um and we still have my least favorite rule to get to but I just want to make this one point and then I'll let you finish with this if you want uh, and then we can move on but Um, to me, baseball is, which this is one of the things that I dislike about baseball and I love the game of baseball, but I feel like baseball tries so hard to say, okay, we're going to make you, we're going to have you at no money. We're going to literally keep you for pennies through your prime. And then we are going to either pay you a big contract or you're going to not be of value anymore because you're officially old or we're going to pay you this big contract. But then at the end of it, you're not going to be able to make anything else because you're no longer in the prime of your career to them. So I don't know, this whole like manipulating, manipulating players time and making in this 28 man roster, it all kind of just sucks for the players. And I wish the players would get together and be like, you know what? Y'all have screwed us long enough. (laughs) You don't have to agree with me on that, but that's just how I feel about that. And I'm not a player, so I don't know all the ins and outs of it. Well, I will say this. Um, One of the, one of the only ways to do that is the exact same thing that happened in 1994. And it took a long time for a lot of fans to really come back and be a part of this game. And I really would hate to see something like that happen again because of how special this game is and how much it does mean to so many people. Um, but again, a lot of this comes down to greed. Um, you know, it's greed on the part of some people 
Um, I'm not going to point fingers to which side, but it's also one of these things where, you know, there's enough money to go around to be able to make sure people live comfortably and to be able to um, reward people for their abilities, for their, their service, um, for what they can bring to an organization. Um, but I feel that because there is a certain amount of greed, uh, that it's going to be really, really tough to really meet a middle ground. And hopefully, you know, we're able to find that very, very soon uh, to be able to continue um, playing this game, that there not be a work stoppage. But again, it, this is something that is out of a lot of our control. Like we, we have stated certain ways that we feel you know, as a group about things. And uh, we've definitely voiced our opinions, our thoughts uh, on how to try and address this. Um, you know, hopefully it falls on, on ears that are willing to listen and we'll, uh, you know, be able to take steps forward that we need to and, and progress with, you know, playing this game and enjoying it, you know, not only as players, but as fans, as, as owners, as, you know, production people, uh, front office, like there, there's so much to be gained from this aside from what money there is like the, the type of enjoyment it brings to people is unparalleled. I don't care, you know, what, you know, football is doing on Sundays, you know, what college football is doing on Saturdays, what NBA is doing on certain days of the week, what this game does for people um, from February all the way into October, sometimes into November, it really drives, you know, the true American machine. And uh, that's why it's still America's game. Most definitely. So your point's going to get me to my to our last change, and this is my least, least favorite one. Uh, so there is now a three batter minimum for all pitchers. Um, I'm, I'll let you clarify what exactly that means, but f- as of somebody who knows some lefty specialists, this is not good for a bunch of lefty specialists. So David, you can take it from there. Okay, so the three batter minimum, um, what this entails is when a guy comes into the game, and this I'm going to try and clarify this as best I possibly can. When a guy comes in to start an inning, he has to face at least three hitters, uh, whether it be um, you know intentional walks, whatever it is. There have to be three hitters that come to the plate before he can be removed from a game unless there is an injury. Now, if a guy comes in, say it's the middle of an inning, and he had, there's already two outs, say a lefty specialist comes in, faces the, that lefty and gets him out, because it's the end of an inning, he does not have to go back out for the following inning and complete the three batter minimum. So there, there is still a need for the lefty specialist, all that kind of stuff. Um, but as far as like a guy coming in to start off an inning, he's going to face one, maybe two lefties. Um, that's going to be a little bit tougher, and it's going to require them to – trying to find a way to, to get a righty out or vice versa for a righty. If he's coming in and he's facing, you know, one, two righties and all of a sudden there's a lefty that comes up, you've got to find a way to try and get him out. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I always really enjoyed, uh, being a back end guy, um, you know, in Atlanta, um, early years in, in Houston and, you know, the past couple of years, even though it's been in the minor leagues, you know, being more of a eighth inning closer type guy, you're going in, you're facing at least three hitters. You know, you're not worried about, um, you know, 
only getting to face, you know, one or two, and then all of a sudden you're getting pulled out of the game, um, like some middle relief type guys do. Uh, so there was never really a, a, an issue that I had to face. But like you said, there are some lefty relievers that they've made a very good living taking care of left-handers only. So now, you know, that this new rule has been introduced, and again, this is about speeding up the game. It is not so much what is best for the game. It's all about speeding it up. And um, I know, I believe Manfred made a comment. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was along the lines of our back-end guys, our relievers, have started to become so dominant in this game that it's almost unfair uh, to allow them to have this type of advantage. So it's almost like he's trying to handicap relievers uh, into you know, getting out of what they're specializing at to make the game more appealing in his words, you know, for the offensive players. And it's another one of those things where I feel he was always trying to change the game of baseball. And it's such a pain in the butt, you know, how has it survived for 150 plus years? You know, if it's so boring, if it's so terrible to watch, you know, it's like all of a sudden we, he's got to come in and try to revamp the entire game because he might not like something. Well, I'm sorry, you know, Mr. Manford, take a back seat, ask some people that have played this game, ask some people that have watched this game for 50, 60, 70 years who, you know, had to go through the whole drought with watching the Cubs not do well and all of a sudden getting to watch them win a World Series. You know, those people have been through, you know, hell and back, you know, experiencing some really bad seasons, but they've stuck it out because they love their teams. Mm-hmm. You know, this game is not boring. This game is far from boring. Actually, it takes a very a highly intelligent person to be able to understand it, and there are a lot of highly intelligent people out there that love this game. And if he's not one of them, sorry, maybe you shouldn't be in that position. So, David, we have a mutual friend um, who, which uh, you probably know who I'm talking about, um, but we have a mutual friend, and he's a lefty specialist, and I, I had asked him about this, and I, I said, hey, dude, what do you feel about this? Because last year, your maximum batters that you faced were two batters. Your average was one, one and a half batters. And he was like, you know, for me, this sucks. Like, I didn't get picked up for my for my year, for my option year. Um, and now I'm a free agent because of this rule. Of this rule exactly is the only reason I do not have a job right now. And that kind of like hit home for me is because it was somebody that I knew that I was affect that that was affected by it. Um, right. and to know how good his career has been since he started playing in the big leagues, he's always been a reliever. He came in really late too. He was in his thirties before he started pitching in the big leagues and to see how he could be dominant for damn near four years in the big leagues. And now all of a sudden a rule is the reason that the team that he, pitched he pitched his brains out for for two and a half years didn't pick him up because of it um I mean he struggled a little bit last year but it was nothing it was nothing that crazy and he had a ridiculous ERA when it came down to it and pitched in damn near 60 games so it's not like he was somebody that they didn't use or 60 games it might have been more than that I just 60 for some reason sticking out in my mind um so to see that it affects somebody like that who was a dominant pitcher in the game, that sucks. And I think that's why I dislike this rule so much because now you have all of these guys who have proven careers 
and really good careers behind them. And you have teams debating whether or not, one, they're worth it because now they're going to have to, now they don't get the opportunity to just go out for the one, for the one batter or the two batters or however much it is. And two, you've relied on these guys and now you're saying, oh, we don't need you anymore or, oh, we can't use you anymore or, oh, you know what? The game's changing, so you can't and you can't change, so we're gonna we're not gonna keep you. And I think that I think that comes back to like the whole twenty eight man thing. Like it's just wrong when it comes down to it. Like it stinks that you're screwing over players to either a make the like bring up the bottom line or two to make the game faster. And it's already a great game as it is. Like like yeah, there's not as many fans as football, but football's a whole different animal. Like you're, you're the people who like basketball aren't the same fans who like football or granted the, I mean, granted, every, you've got the people who cross over, but your football fans aren't your basketball fans. They're not your hockey fans. They're not your soccer fans. Baseball has their own niche of fans. And those should be the ones that you're catering to those diehards that are going to make their children diehards. Instead, what you're doing is, is you're changing the game to the point where you're pissing off your, you're upsetting your players. I don't know if pissing off is the right word, but you're upsetting and you're hurting your, your players and your, your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your, your players and your, um, your product. And you're, you're then changing the game to try to maybe curtail to people. Like, granted, I know that everything, like, nothing changes until you change it, but why reinvent the re- Why reinvent the wheel? Ashley, let me let me throw a number out to you that I believe is quite accurate. Do you want to take a stab at how much money was made in baseball last year? Ten point three billion dollars. Keep going up. Ten point eight. 10.7, I believe, oh, so and it's still cl- it's been climbing every year. And I don't know if that's a full-on um, amount, if they're still trying to calculate some of it, but that was the last calculation that I had heard. I'm pretty sure this game is not dying. I'm pretty sure this game still has quite a bit of popularity if that's the type of money that it's bringing in. Because I want to say it's one of the highest-grossing sports in the world. I'm pretty sure yeah, it made it, more money than football last year. Right. And it's one of those things where, you know, we're still trying to change it, trying to change it, trying to change it. At what point are we going to stop changing it and realize that it's good? It's very good. And it has been good. You know, it's the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This needs to be applied. But again, you know, we're like you said, it's like he's trying to reach the outlying fans, the the ones that aren't real sure if they like baseball or not. Trust me, if people, if this game remains the same, it will draw in the people that it needs to. You know, you're not going to bring in, you know, a certain type of person and just win them over immediately. Like this is a game that it does take time. It takes. It takes uh, experiences at the ballpark. It takes experiences watching it on TV with people that know what's going on. It's a shared experience. It's not one of these things where, you know, we have to make it so exciting and so just off the wall where it's almost like a showcase. Like this is a this is a very special game, and it will draw in the people it needs to draw in. 
I personally think if Rob Manford wanted to grow the game, he would do three things. One, he would get the children, so like the kids who are playing Little League, the kids who are doing, um, I don't exactly, select ball and travel ball and all that kind of stuff. He would get them more involved in the game somehow, get the players involved with them somehow, you know, give the players the ability to go do more clinics and to have kids at the ballpark and to do those and like not make tickets so ridiculously expensive that they can't get to the ballpark. You would make players more like you would you would make those experiences and those opportunities more accessible to the to the to the everyday person to the kid to those kind to the, those people because that's where you build lifelong fans the second thing that he would do is he would open up the ability to um to have uh to have highlights everywhere no matter if you're affiliated with baseball or not if you put highlights every single place great more people are going to be watching baseball no matter what it is people will be watching versus just the teams in the MLB having the access to those things the third thing he would do is he would give the ability to players to become their own brand because that is the one thing that the NBA that the that the NFL that even the freaking NHL has over major league baseball is the fact and mark cuban made a very good point about when he he was like going he was talking about how why baseball is behind the times and he said it's because on my team you can name four of the five starting players and you can go to their accounts you can follow them you can see everything that they follow you can you can be a part of their everyday lives pretty much because they're their own brands now, if Rob Manford made it more accessible for someone like David Carpenter or Mike Trout or, or Randy Dobinak, but if you made it more accessible for those players to be like, you know what, I'm going to go work with Oakley and this brand and this brand and this brand and this brand and do all this kind of stuff and I'm going to make my own brand, kind of like Trevor Bauer has done. Trevor Bauer is going to become a household name before Mike Trout might. And to me, that's super sad to think about. Because Mike Trout is the best player to play the game of baseball. And because because Trevor Bauer has created this platform for himself, he's going to become a household name before before Mike Trout might. And, Very good chance. And so if you gave your players the opportunity, you said, hey, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that, you know, which they're starting to do it more and more now where they're letting players have highlights and they're letting players tweet from their own accounts and that kind of stuff. But if you were doing this 10 years ago, when social media really became big, when the NBA started taking off doing it and the NFL started taking off doing it and you're letting them wear like their beats by Dre and like having the opportunity to see those things, baseball, you wouldn't be worried about baseball right now. Well, you're not far off on it, but I will, I will make one adjustment to what you said when you brought up the first thing that needed to be done. The uh, MLBPA, the Players Association, actually helps set up camps uh, for, like, the RBI program, uh, uh, reviving reviving baseball in the inner cities, I believe is what, what it's called. Um, that's one of the things that I know the Players Association has really involved themselves in, um, being able to set up different camps, you know, in, in guys' hometowns to be able to reach little leaguers, uh, you know, kids playing American Legion, uh, you know, all the different levels. Um, to try and help them out. Um, 
you know, they really have reached out and tried to do that. That is not something that Manfred is a part of. That's something that is strictly done by the Players Association to try and reach out and grow the game and that not, we love and that has given us so much. And I'm not saying that you guys don't do that because I know players do that and players do such a good job with that because you guys go and sign autographs during you guys go and sign autographs during um, during batting practice and before games and you go out and you do clinics and you do that kind of stuff. But if Rob Manford took it upon himself to say, you, you know what, like let's expand the game by making sure like not only the players are going to the youth, but the MLB as a whole is going to towards the youth I think I mean look at um look at the NFL the NFL literally does like NFL like kids camps and play 60 and all and they're partnered with play 60 and all of that kind of stuff if Rob Manford took it upon himself to say hey the MLB is gonna do this like I don't know how we're gonna do it just yet because I'm not I I mean I don't know how they're gonna do it but like this is what we're gonna do and we're gonna partner with these people and make this a priority I bet you you would see a lot more th- a lot more children. I mean, granted, there's a ton of children that go towards the game of baseball, anyways. But I think you would start seeing it surpass the NFL and surpass the and surpass the NBA because it's more likely that kids are going to be want to be baseball players or be baseball players or have the ability to go and compete in baseball than it is for basketball and football because you got to be a like. This sounds bad when I say it, so please don't take this wrong. But the everyday person can play baseball before they can go and be a professional NFL and an NBA player. So if you show those people that, you know, you guys have great personalities and are great people and are just like normal people, you're going to get a lot more kids who want to play, who want to go participate in the MLB and the MILB and want to go to games because they know like their players are down to freaking earth and that you know they care about their community which y'all do but the MLB cares about their communities and all of these other things and I'll agree with you like baseball is much more the everyday person sport because it is so diverse like you not only have so many different people from different nations playing this game but you have guys of all body types you've got your Jose Altuve's you got your Aaron Judges you've got you know David Wells for you know for one of the most extreme cases the the guy uh, was definitely not the most fit Bartolo Colon like there are multiple people that different body types different athletic abilities they're able to do certain things on a baseball field um, yeah and there's always a place for them um, you know to play in the NFL I've met a handful of guys that have played there they are physically gifted freaks they are they're just completely physically gifted Um Baseball players are physically gifted on a different level, you know, as far as not always having to be the most athletic, you know, they, they're able to get the most out of their body for a certain reason. But you look at some of the football players, you know, just look at the combine. If you put a, all the baseball players up and tried to have them go through a combine, like what the NFL does, you would see certain guys not be able to lift 225. You'd see certain guys not be able to run a 40-yard sprint. Like, there's just different things you would see guys not be able to do. But because they're, you know, with their God-given ability, they're able to do certain things, you know, and be able to find a spot on a major league baseball field. Most definitely. And I think that's what makes baseball so great. And that's what, you know, I think we need to be honing in on more than speeding up the game of baseball. I know all of these rules and what we originally talked about is to try to speed up the game of baseball, is to try to cut the bottom line, is to try to do all these things.
But I think if you just honed in on the fact that these players, yes, they have the God-given gift of what they're given, but they are everyday people. Like Joe Smo across the street across the street from you could go and be a major league baseball player if he puts his mind to it and he works hard and he and he's better than everyone else. Versus the NFL and these other sports where you just have to be a freak to do it. And I think that in those things, and I think there's some players who do a really good job of it, like. Um, like Trevor Bauer and like um, Hunter Pence and his wife and some other players along those lines that do a really good job of showing you those things. But if you opened that up to making sure that every single player in the MLB had the platform to do it, then I think you could grow the game substantially and exponentially. And it would be, it wouldn't even be a question if baseball, if you thought baseball was dying or not, because it wouldn't be. And I don't think it is, but in your mind, I don't think it'd even be a question in your mind if that were the case. Right. And I think it would cover a lot of the issues that, that everyone within the commissioner's office worries about or seems to worry about. Um, but I also feel, and this is kind of my closing remarks on it, um, Bud Selig, as much as we disliked him, knew when to leave the game alone. I feel that Manfred wants to put his stamp on this game so bad by changing all this stuff. It's like he really wants to be this revolutionary commissioner. Well, again, back to the term, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is one of those terms, or this is one of those times to apply that. But, you know, in the end, we're going to be able to battle through it. you um, be able to uh, push for – what we feel is going to be the best thing for our game and for the players. And hopefully you know, fans are along, you know, having our back with it and understand that we're out there trying to bust our butt, you know, to number one, put the best product that we possibly can on the field for their enjoyment. Because that's what it's all about is being able to go out there and you're stepping on the mound and you hear 50,000 people cheering because of what you're about to do or the same thing, stepping into the batter's box and getting ready to compete, and you have 50,000 people cheering for you, waiting to see what you're going to do next. Like, that is one of the greatest things to ever be a part of, is is getting to have that support from a fan base is, is absolutely incredible. Well, guys, I think we've I think we've talked enough for you guys on our thoughts on these rule changes. Hit us up. Let us know what your thoughts on some of this stuff is. As, you know, some of you, if you're a player listening to this, let us know what you think. If you're a fan listening to this, I'm curious what you guys think and how you feel about all these things. Um, but thank you for listening to Pitches and Pearls. Um, I think we've talked in circles enough about this, about these rule changes and how we feel about them. Um, we'll definitely see if they work or don't work as the season progresses. If the season progresses, dear Lord, please let this season progress. I need baseball back in my life right now. <laughs> um, but just let us know what you think, how you feel about them. Um, if you like this episode, if there's anything that you want to talk about, because this was definitely a listener's um a listener's uh question that they asked that they wanted to hear about so this is something so we do listen to you guys so hit us up let us know uh and even more so stay safe stay healthy during all this madness so uh anyways i'm ashley bullington i'm david carpenter and thank you for listening to pitches and pearls guys <laughs>